If you take your Bibles and turn to Acts 4, Acts 4, America's founders declared that our republic and its constitution were established by the hand of an almighty God. They emphasized that he will continue to bless our land only, only if we are a moral and religious people who govern ourselves by the inspired principles of God's word. And I'm going to quote the last part of the Declaration of Independence. For the support of this declaration with the firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, that's God Almighty. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Uh, this, this morning, uh, Brittany Mills so eloquently explained some of the sacrifices that our founding fathers paid for this do- document. And it's America is not um, without blemishes. It's not without uh, scars. America is not without mistakes. But because of a document that I believe that um, godly men put together, it has, it has kept our nation uh, free for over 200 years. In fact, before America, there has never been a democracy that has ever survived our nation um, and uh, the world more than 200 years. You see, the difference was this, that America was not a democracy. America was a constitutional republic that was built on a, on a document. And with that document, the people, the people were to, were to govern themselves, not a government. If you would take, if you would stand just for the reading of God's word out of respect, um, Acts 4, and we're going to start in 32. So we're going to read a little bit, so uh, just bear with me. Acts 4.32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the uh, apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Then on, on, on in thir- on verse 35, And laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according to he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Then go to Acts 5.1. It says this, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and kept back for the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was sold, was it, not, was it in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Let's pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, Lord, I just thank you for uh, the nation, Lord, that you have 
allowed me, Lord, to grow up in. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the relevance of your word. I thank you, Lord, that I can go to your word no matter uh, what the circumstances in life may be. Lord, I just pray that you will um, use your word tonight. I pray, Lord, that you will get me, get, um, get me out of your way. And Lord, I just pray that you will direct the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I know this morning that there was a, a special recognition that was given to Vietnam vets. In fact, there were over 58,000. In fact, um, the U.S. government did not actually do the numbers on the Vietnam War until 2003. And 58, it was actually over 58,000 uh, servicemen paid the ultimate price and they died um, in Vietnam. Just a short time before that, in the Korean War, or Korean conflict as many people may call it, 40,000 servicemen uh, perished in that conflict. Both of these conf conflicts were to stop the spread of communism. Both of these conflicts were stopped, um, in the, in basically it was to stop the, the spread of communism in Asia, in the Asia region. Vietnam was a very, very unpopular war. It was a war which celebrates, which uh, celebrities and also college students across our nation, um, places like Berkeley University that, that you might think of and, and places of University of Michigan, um, places like that had protest after protest. Um, and they were actually helping America's enemies during that time. Communist sympathizers, insurgents, helped create the public opinion against that war. Soldiers coming home from that war were scoffed, they were ridiculed, they were spit on. During that time, I remember, I remember as a young man watching this stuff on television, on a black and white television, I was watching this. And I would go and I would ask my dad, what, what is this going on? What, what is happening? My dad would try to explain to me what was going on. We had family members that actually perished um, in, that, in that war. Many soldiers would come home and they would actually change their uniforms as soon as they landed on America's soil. This war was a war to stop communism. How many veterans that we have this evening here? Can I just see your hands? I never want to... Um, I never want to pass up an opportunity to tell you, welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Today, socialism and communism has, has embraced um, our country, namely through our public education system, colleges, universities, and now even K through 12, public education have promoted socialism and communism as a utopia government and a great structure in society. Tonight, I'm going to use the word communism. I use the two words, socialism and communism, I use them in combination. And I know that if I have people on the internet and watching, I know I'm going to get emails on this. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my email address so the pastor won't have to deal with it. Okay? It's Nehemiah Plan 
at gmail.com. That's nehemiahplan at gmail.com. If you don't know how to spell Nehemiah, go to the Bible and look it up, and you can find it there. Socialism and communism are basically the same. If you want to argue with me about it, you would say, well, socialism is something that people elect to do. They elect to, um, um, to give you all their stuff, and then um, in communism, it is forced. But I'm going to explain to you tonight that that's really not the case. The public has been lied to of how communism has become a utopia. And communism, if you ask the average person on the street, usually college student, they'll, you'll ask them, what does socialism mean? T- tell me what that is. And they'll say, well, it means equality. That's what they believe that it means. Um, when young people are asked about this, over half of the population of the voting young people believe that socialism slash communism um, is the utopia government. That is the method that we need to have in America. Do I have a water bottle down there somewhere? I want to run down there and get it. I'm going to explain to you real quickly about the difference between socialism and communism. Anybody know anything about Venezuela? In fact, the average college student doesn't even know where Venezuela is or has never even heard about it. That is the most recent experiment in communism. Um, Nearly 53% of Venezuelans voted for a socialist president. His name was Hugo Chavez. I spent a lot of time in Venezuela. just prior to Hugo Chavez coming to power, and I was very active in watching how that country fell. Venezuela was one of the most profitable countries um, in the world. They were one of the most profitable. The reason that I spent a lot of time there was because our company did a lot of business in Venezuela. Um, oil, it was one of the largest production of oil in the world. Um, they have some of the greatest reserves to this day in the world. And you wonder, well, why, what, what happened? Well, uh, people began wanting more and more. There were different levels um, of, of society in Venezuela. There were poor people, very poor. There were a middle class, and then there were an upper class people. The government became very, very corrupt. And the more that the government became corrupt, people became more and more unsettled with what they were seeing um, happen within their country. As this progressed, Hugo Chavez um, got a hold of the country. He started taking people out um, in in government offices. He started taking out generals. Um, And he started bringing in his people to support his communist regime. And now, today, um, Venezuela is a communist country. That was the move from socialism to communism. It was by the vote of the people this happened. So if you want to argue this issue, um, 
have all your stuff together because that's going to be a really tough argument if you actually know the story about Venezuela um, and Venezuela today. Now that was my introduction. So y'all ready tonight? In Acts, in Acts 4, there was a great revival that, um, that had happened. Um, in Jerusalem, people, uh, people were coming to know Christ in the multitudes. Um, at one point, 5,000 men came to know Christ. And then it went on that there were just so many people, there were multitudes of people coming to Christ. There was an explosion um, of Christianity. There was a revival. Many proponents of socialism today, um, they will address this particular chapter and say, well, the Bible teaches socialism. And then they would argue about the verses that I just read of how the Bible supports socialism. So I want to go to Acts, um, Acts 4, 32 for just a minute, and I'm going to read this again. And it says this. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but hath all things common. The early Christians, by the way, still owned houses. So what people that support communism, number one, communism removes personal property rights. That's the number one thing communism removes. And it sounds good. The People's Republic of who? I was going to say Gainesville. I'm sorry. China. <laughs> the People's Republic of China. Because it, it sounds really good, doesn't it? It's the people's stuff, right? Well, the people never get an opportunity to use that stuff. Um, communism has never been successful. Has never been successful. And as Solomon out of God's word says, nothing is new under the sun, and it is not. Number one, communism removes property rights. If you go to Acts 4.32, what you'll see is you would think, and this is the way people support this, they sold all their stuff and they gave it to the church, and then the church... Um, basically gave it back out to the people as they, said, as they saw the need for it. Well, first of all, you would, you would come to believe that they sold all of their stuff and they sold all their houses. That's absolutely not the case at all. In fact, if you go on in Acts, you'll find out where that the early church, they were meeting in whose homes? They were meeting in their own homes. So what this is referring to is they were taking the goods, they were taking the profit, they were taking the tithes, they were taking the offerings that they had, and it was, if it was in real estate, they were selling that, and they were giving it to the church to support the, God's work. Now today, that happens a lot, and it should actually happen a lot more. Um, there's a... a individual that I, that I knew, my parents knew well, I grew up with, his name was Russell Anderson. Russell Anderson, he had a, he had a sixth grade education, and he started off having a drywall company. Um, and he was very successful at it. He started buying some apartments, started revamping the apartments, um, turned it into a real estate empire. 
Russell Anderson was worth millions and millions of dollars. A lot of people would recognize that name by Hiles Anderson College. And that's where a lot of the money came from. Russell Anderson had a... I, I remember him speaking in our chapel service, Pastor, back in the 1800s. No, I'm just kidding. A long time ago. And I remember this as a kid. And he was encouraging young people to, to tithe. And Russell Anderson at that time, this is back in the 70s, he was, he was tithing over 73% of his income at that point. And his goal in life is to give all of his stuff away to God's work before he dies. Now, he's running out of time, and we could probably give him a little help there on, on where to get that money out to, but um, the case is that is a principle in God's word, and it's found right here in Acts 4.32, uh, and it's not communism. Secondly, communism replaces the God of creation for the God of the government. So what communism does is it says, we are, the government is the God. There is no God that's going to take care of you. We are going to take care of you. So therefore, they attempt to replace the God of the universe for the government. Now, if if you think about communism, think about some communist countries. For example, China. China is a communist country. There is more Christians persecuted and killed in China than just about any other place in the world. Nobody really wants to talk about that, but that's reality. Because the government cannot function with Christianity. It doesn't work together. Communism, Christianity just doesn't work. In fact, in, uh, in Cuba... I'll give you an example of this. In Cuba, there was, a, um, there was young, young kids. And this is, as Castro had just come into power, not long after he'd come into power, there was still a lot of Christianity within Cuba. So what the teachers would do is have the kids um, sit at their tables, at their desk, and they'll say, we are the God, government, Fidel Castro, he is the God, the nation of Cuba, we are God. We will take care of you. There is no other God but, but him, but the government. They would say that. And then they would say, this is what you do. I want everybody to put their heads down on, the, on their desk, and I want you to pray for your God to give you an apple. Now go ahead, pray to this God that doesn't exist for, to give you an apple. And, of course, they would do that, and, and there was no apple. When they say, okay, everybody open their eyes. Is there an apple? No. Okay, now pray for Fidel Castro to give you an apple. Close your eyes and do the same thing. And then as they would do that, the teachers would walk around and put apples on everybody's desk and say, look, look, look what happened. See, communism, that's what they do. They want to replace the God of the universe for the God of the government because they know best for you. They take care of you. And it goes on and on and on. If you would look at, if you would look at, at the early church, I want to go on about, first of all, 
property rights, right? Number two is they replaced God for the God of the government. In the early church, that was never the case. In fact, if you read through those verses in Acts 4, you'll never see anywhere other than where Jesus Christ was honored and glorified. If you go on into Acts 5, and it talks about, the, the, the third thing about communism is communism is, is we take all your possessions and then we will give them out as we see fit as you need them. Okay, in the early church, one of the arguments is, well, that's where this came from, was it was coming from Acts 4 and 5. And that's absolutely entirely not the case. In Acts 5, this is what it says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, uh, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, if you read on to this, when, um, when it was confronted, when Peter confronted his wife about it, the, the sin was not that they sold the property and only gave a part back to the church. The sin was that they sold the property and they lied about giving it all back to the church. And if you read into um, when Peter confronts his wife about it, it's, it's very, very clear that that's where it comes from. He, he says, in verse 8 it says, And Peter answered unto her and said, Tell me, whither ye sold the land for so much? And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them that have buried their husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway as feet, yielded up a ghost, and the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon, and, and upon as many as heard these sayings. And by the hands of the, of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. I want to back up in this, and I want to emphasize this, that it wasn't, it was not the issue with what they sold the property and what they sold it for. The issue was that they lied about it. They lied to the church about it. They lied to God. They lied to the, to the Holy Spirit. That is the issue there. The other thing that communism does is it will, um, it will create poverty. There was, a, there was a work that was done, there was an experiment done over 400 years ago in our nation. And it was the Jamestown Colony. And in the Jamestown Colony, it was a concept called storehouse, um, a storehouse concept. And it was basically a socialistic um, idea that the governor had um, to bring in into the Jamestown colony, and this is what they did. First of all, Jamestown in that area was a very, very fertile area of, of fer fertile soil, 
Um, the game was, was rampant. There were deer. Um, there was a, it was a beautiful opportunity um, for them to be very, very successful, kind of like Venezuela. It's one of the most fertile places in the world, and Venezuela is now one of the most impoverished places in the world. Well, this is the same concept happened in Jamestown. And the idea is you work and you bring all of your stuff into one central centralized storehouse, and then we will divvy it up, and then we will give it back to you as we see fit. Well, what happens is people that, that would work really, really hard, it's like, well, well, why am I working hard when, when Pastor Bloom, he's not working hard? Well, I'm sorry. So why would I have to work and he's going to get the same stuff I'm going to get? So it's like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep up with him. And then Pastor Bloom looks around, he says, you know what? I feel like I'm working a lot harder than Mr. Forsyth over here. Okay, so I'm not going to work as hard as he is, so um, why should I? I should do, I'm going to get the same stuff he's going to get. And this is what would happen. And then Mr. Forsyth would look around, he'd find Mr. Stembridge over there, and he'd say, this guy isn't doing anything, so I'm not going to do anything either. I'm just kidding with you guys, okay? The point is, that's what would happen. In the Jamestown colony, the first year... They literally starved to death. They starved to death. In fact, over 200 people from that colony died of starvation. And, and if you look outside, it's one of the most fertile places, one of the fertile soils in known. And they starved to death. Deer were out there. They starved to death. Fishing was, 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 a, was the greatest opportunity in the world to fish. They starved to death. There was cases and stories of actually them cannibalizing um, their deceased. That's how disgusting it was. So the next year, that spring, another governor came to, came to uh, power. And he's, he watched, he went in, and he's like, there's nobody working. What is wrong with this? There is nobody working. No wonder that this thing is crashing and failing. So what he did, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give, um, Thomas Dale was his name, he said, I'm going to give every single family member, every single family, I'm going to give them three acres. And with that three acres, it's your three acres. So you can do with your three acres what you want to do with it, okay? But oh, by the way, you're not going to come to us us and ask for stuff at the end of the year if you don't do anything on your three acres. So what they did is they did that and it was a success. In fact, it was such a success that our Constitution was built upon that success. That's how awesome it was. In fact, in Great Britain, uh, land ownership was an issue. That you, you, you did not have that right and that freedom to do that. But our founding fathers said that. In fact, one of the principles of our founding fathers was this. Life and liberty are secured only as long as the rights of the property are secured. I'll read that again. Life and liberty are secure only as long as the rights of property are secure. Virtually nothing was as important of our founding fathers as protecting individual 
property rights. These men held that concerns for freedom could not be separate, separated from concerns for property. The Founding Fathers also recognized that inadequately secured property rights could render vulnerable, even fundamental liberties of speech, press, and meaningful political participation. If a society was to lose the willingness to recognize that property is not as sacred as the laws of God, then the system would become, um, become a transitional government and it would be doomed to fail into the clutches of an anarchy and tyranny. If thou shalt not covet, and thou shalt not steal, were not commandments of heaven, then what was the purpose of the principles of those two commandments? If property rights weren't of issue, to God, why would he actually make those two commandments, commandments in the Bible? And that was something that John Adams actually addressed, and he actually stated so. In fact, he said this, Property is surely a right of mankind. It is, re- it is as real as liberty itself. The other part of prosperity was a free market economy. Socialism, communism, does not have a free market economy. The government controls the free the marketplace. They control all of mar- the marketplace. They determine the prices. They determine everything. And in, in our country, and our founding fathers believed that the highest level of prosperity occurs only when there's a free market economy and minimum government regulations. In fact, prosperity depends upon a climate of wholesome stimulation with four basic freedoms of operation. Here's the four basic freedoms. The freedom to try, the freedom to buy, the freedom to sell, and the freedom to fail. The freedom to fail. And then when you fail, you get up and you try again. You see, the early church could not have funded... The missionaries, they could not have funded uh, the church, they could not have funded the growth had it not been for individuals of, of wealth giving what they could and what they had to support the local church. And I say that because it is, a, it is one of the most fundamental principles, number one, of our nation. And if we allow communism to continue to to, to creep in at every single place, our nation is in serious trouble. In fact, socialism has become a norm in America. And again, there's nothing new under the sun. In fact, Rome tried this, and Rome failed as a result of it. And if America does not get a hold of this, they will also become a history and our history books, because they too will fail. In fact, um, if you start looking at our, at our government and you start looking at all the welfare-type systems, um, we are kind of in trouble on that. Because what happens is people that, that are the, 
and I'm sorry, Mr. Sprint Stenbridge, the one that doesn't do anything, as, as Mr. Forsyth had noted, and they continue voting for the government and the people that will continue supporting that lifestyle and habit, our nation will fail. And we are on that brink right now. This is kind of a message that, that isn't a hard-hitting message. It's more of a you-ought-to-know-information message. But here's, I'm going to give you a couple principles on what you as a citizen can do to stop this wave of communism. See, even in Vietnam, even in the Korean War, our government, our leaders, they realized how serious, how serious this issue was. And see, it wasn't something, this happened, by the way, there was an attempt, a communist attempt by Karl Marx, by the way, back in the 18, about 1840s, and um, in America. But what he found out is the people weren't ready for that. They had to be, there had to be more social programs before the people would rise up against their own government. And, he, and it did not work. He found out to be a, not to be a success. So what I'm telling you is this, that as we as people, as Christians, number one is this, public schools are a disaster. I cannot emphasize that any more than, than I, I can. They are a disaster. If, if you have the ability as a parent, as you have the ability as a, as a grandparent, please get your kids out of public school system. Um, and you can say, well, the public school system that I go to, it's okay. There are good people in public school systems. And thank God there's good people in public school systems. There's believers. There's a mission field that's being done in public school systems. But it's a philosophy that we are losing the battle on. We are losing that battle. And once they get into, into um, secondary education, once they get into colleges, I- I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know of a, a secular college that does not teach some form of communism and socialism. I, I don't know of any, and I know a lot of colleges throughout the country. Some are a lot worse than others, but I don't know of any. Um, you, you, you need to really, really look. If you are a young person looking at going to because you can get fill-in-the-blank degree, you need to take a serious, serious look at that. Because what happens is, is college young people, they go into a college one way and they come out another way, and it's not education. It's not education. And I'm, I'm, ple- I'm pleading with you that if you have young people, that is the only way that we're going to change this is change what our young people are being taught. See, Karl Marx knew this. When he created this whole um, communist manifesto, he knew that one of the things is to go after the young people. And that's what, he's, and that's what has been done in communism, is they've gone after the young people. I remember when um, Russia uh, collapsed. I wonder, you know, oh, by the way, they were communists. And, of course, a, a structure like that can never last forever. It will eventually collapse upon itself. But I remember when that happened, and I remember a preacher. He was a, he was a preacher. He was a prophetic type of preacher that preached prophecy all the time. And he said, 
He said, that's what I've been saying. Now, I never heard him say that before, but he said, that's what I've been saying, that, that communism could not exist with a one-world government. Well, I would say it to you that communism can, 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 can uh, exist with a one-world government. In fact, it makes more sense than any other um, concept. Is every, you know, it's all centralized. Everything is centralized. Um, and I, I would say to you that, that one of the things that, that I would personally see happening or could happen is communism could, could very slowly, slowly creep in to, to all, the, all the countries of the world that are um, free economy countries, and it could very, very quickly, quickly turn into that type of one world government that, that, is, that is coming up. And I'll, I'll end with this. It's because of, of America that missionaries are all over the world and have been all over the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, there's more Christians, there are more missionaries that have gone out um, than any other country in the history of our, 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 our world that have come out of the United States of America. It's because of that, because God has blessed that. And, and number one is I'm going to ask you to do this, is pray for our nation. Pray for our nation that you, more than you've ever prayed before, that God um, would, number one, would bless our nation, would bring back um, the principles that was, was bestowed by our founding fathers, the principles of prayer in schools, the principles of, of the right to preach the word of God, um, to men as they are. The right to also preach sin as sin is. There's a lot of places in this country, there's a lot of states that you could say something that is directly from the word of God. It can be created and called hate speech. And you could end up being fined or even go to jail for it. This is in America. We're in trouble. I couldn't even say that 10 years ago. Ten years ago, that wasn't happening, but today, it is happening. Number one is pray. Number two is you need to share the gospel like you've never shared it before. Um, the only way, you know why the early church took off like they did? It was a revival. They were sharing everywhere they were going. They were sharing, the, sharing God's word. The lost were coming to Christ. And then th- number three um, is you as a family, um, if you have kids, you need to instill within your children um, the principles of the Word of God and of our nation. It's being attacked everywhere you go. You've got, you've got um, public companies out there, ridicule, and I saw something. I'm going to name a couple names just so that I can get people riled up. Um, Starbucks. Um, I just saw an article on Starbucks where somebody asked a couple uh, uh, law enforcement officers to leave because, um, because they, they didn't feel safe. So Starbucks managers asked them to leave. Starbucks has got a history of doing that kind of stuff, by the way. Um, there, there's other, other places that do stuff like that. Um, Nike's got an issue now um, with... Um, with uh, the uh, Betty Ross flag. Apparently, they had done that for for um, 
for the 4th of July for Independence Day, but now they removed it real quickly because um, um, there's a couple communist sympathizers, I will say, um, said, you know, you shouldn't do that, so they, they, they uh, pulled it. That kind of stuff, we need to be vocal about that. We need to be vocal. We need to stand up for what God has given us and take a stand for righteousness. Let's pray.